Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a podcast exploring church revitalization, church planting, and other Southern Baptist goodies for your ear holes. I'm Matt Hensley, pastor of Mayhill Baptist, and I'm joined by Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman of First Baptist Church in Alamogordo. We're both pastoring fantastic churches in Southern New Mexico, wading through the waters of church revitalization, and are glad you pulled up a chair to join us as we share a little bit about what we're learning through our mistakes and all points therein. Today, we're joined by one of our heroes, Mark Clifton, director of replanting for North American Mission Board and the author of one of our favorite books, Reclaiming Glory. But enough of all of that. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Tell our listeners who you is and what you do. Hi, man. Thank you. I, uh, it's great to be with you guys. And I really am glad this is not another Baptist podcast. <laughs> it's a relief, man. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I really appreciate the chance to be here. Yeah, I'm just a I'm just a church planting missionary. That's what I did for 30 years in one way or another. Uh, planted churches in uh, Georgia and uh, Kansas, Nebraska, and in Quebec and uh, Missouri. Uh, came back to Kansas City to be a director of missions and realized, man, there's a lot of churches dying. And you know, in the past, we just kept planting ones, and it was a little bit like that scene in. Um, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, man, where, where Harrison Ford's running away from the boulder, you know, it's almost a catch up <laughs> with him. Well, the boulder's like dying churches and Harrison Ford's like church planting. I mean, we barely keep ahead of the death rate, you know, and uh, all of a sudden it just kind of, I think God just woke us up and said, hey, wait a minute, we, we can't keep ignoring dying churches. Uh, and, you know, part of the church growth movement that was so influential in the 60s, 70s and 80s, really emphasized results and immediate results and all that kind of stuff. And, and there was a sense in which with dying churches, you know, you just let them die and you go plant something brand new. And uh, the only problem with that is we could hardly plant as many as were dying. So um, God just got a hold of my life. You know, I was kind of about third quarter of my life. Uh, Johnny Hunt says uh, the average American male lives about 80 years. So if you're 20, you're in the first quarter of the game and 40 year at halftime and, 60 Uh-oh. year in the third quarter and after 80 year in sudden death. So I was, <laughs> I was like um, heading into the third quarter. And I'm thinking, you know what? I, maybe God's got something different for me. And uh, man, he just, he just really gripped my heart. And, and the title of the book tells, tells why he did. I, I was sort of a pragmatist in a lot of ways in my ministry. God, you know, it, it pleases God to, to use our, our, our shortcomings. And, and he, he blessed me in spite of, of that sometimes. But as I grew older, I began to realize really the glory of God is why we do everything we do, everything yeah. we do. And so the obvious question that the whole book is written around is what about a dying church brings any glory to God? Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know what, I'll have long God gives me to leave, leave on this earth. I'll use those remaining years to try to uh, really reclaim his glory in these dying churches. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's really why I turned my attention from primarily planting, although I still work with church planters, to, to what we call now replanting. Cool. Well, as, as Matt and I mentioned, man, we, we love the book. Um, I love everything about it, except your, your diatribe about the Kansas City Royals. Man. So uh, as, a, as a Texas Rangers fan, the state of Missouri has not been very kind to us when it comes to baseball. Dude, so. <laughs> Dude I mean, I wrote the book, you know, as I'm writing the book, I mean, the Royals, I mean, I've called the Royals all my, really, all my life. I mean, they came to Kansas City like 1970. And uh, I was a kid when I went to my first Royals game and, you know, followed them all my life. And so as I'm writing this book, I mean, they haven't been in the playoffs, the longest, the longest drought of any team in the playoffs. And as I said at the beginning of the book, there was actually some thought, you know, of downsizing the, the uh, 
you know, Major League Baseball League at one time right. and taking taking the Twins and the Royals out. And so we thought we were going to lose our team. And then, like, within two years, we're in the World Series back to back. And so it's like, dude, that's pretty cool. But, you know, I, I don't want to get off topic here too much, but I'd go to the Royal Stadium, you know, and, and, and I, you know, I, I, everybody remembers when they won with George Brett in, in, in the 85 World Series, the, the famous between St. Louis and Kansas City I-70 World Series. And I, I would go and I'd try to tell my kids about it. And you'd see all the plaques. You'd see all the statues. You'd see everything. And all it did was make you feel really depressed that we're so bad now. And it's a little bit like going to a dying church. And you see all the stuff that used to be full, all the Sunday school rooms in the parking lot. And like, man. And so, yeah, that's kind of how that resonated. So, yeah. Well, I don't really care because Astros just won. So <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. But, but we're, yeah. we're glad you're here. We're, we're yeah. grateful. We know you're a busy guy, busy schedule uh, on like a thousand different uh, podcasts. And, but today you're not on another Baptist podcast. We don't even know what this is. We call it a train wreck, a dumpster fire, whatever. Uh, but we're glad you're here to share with us today. Thanks. And we certainly hope that you uh, encourage our listeners to, uh, to, to really be a part of loving uh, these, these churches that are plateauing, declining, even uh, dying and realizing, as, as you just shared, uh, that there is a glory to be reclaimed there. And, and before we jump into our discussion uh, right, right here, before anybody uh, tunes, tunes me out, uh, make sure you check out Revitalize and Replant with Tom Rayner. Uh, we'll share the link in the show notes. Uh, but Kyle, get us started with Brother, uh, Brother Mark. Sure. So, so talk to us about the reality of, of dying and plateauing churches in, in America. Because I know for so long, we, we've put such an emphasis on church planting. And, and Matt and I have talked about church planting here on the, uh, on the podcast. Matt was a church planner at one point. But without de-emphasizing church planting, that there's a need for revitalizing existing churches. So, so share with us the reality of some of those and the statistics that, that you've come across. Yeah, we don't, we don't want, you know, we don't want to slow down the church planting whatsoever. Right. We, we have no desire to do that. That would be a stupid thing to do. But the reality is that there's only one place in the New Testament that talks about the death of a church. I mean, I mean, in all the letters Paul writes to the Corinthians and as jacked up as they were, he never says, hey, you know, you guys are on, you know, you, 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 your life cycle is about over and maybe your time is done and maybe you ought to just shut it down. And, you know, maybe you ought to change the name. I mean, he doesn't do any of that. I mean, he just keeps fighting away for him. And the only place in the New Testament where the death of a church is talked about is in the book of Revelation, where Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to kill you. I mean, basically, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to I'm going to take away your lampstand. No, you, it is kind of I mean, really, that's what he says. Right. right? Yeah, it is. Yep, I will take right. away your lampstand. So the death of a church is a big deal. Yep. And I think in our church growth movement, we've made it just sort of, OK, let's get rid of that one and go start another one. And what's mm -hmm. that say to the community, for goodness sakes? I mean, it's like it's like a restaurant that flourished. You know, I live here in Kansas City and we had a you know, restaurant everybody wanted to go to was this uh, a Tannosaurus Rex restaurant. I forgot what it's called with the dinosaurs <laughs> and all that stuff. And first time you go, it's good. And then, then the then the stuff's so loud and the food's so expensive. And so now they've closed it down and it'll be something else. And and the community doesn't see the need to see the church every generation change. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. and, and go away. And so. Number one, the God's glory is at stake. I mean, when the people planted that church, they raised the banner of God's glory in that neighborhood, in that place, and, and uh, that's worth fighting for. But number two, all right, about 900 to 1,000 Southern Baptist churches a year quit meeting. I mean, they, they, wow. they don't just quit reporting. I mean, they leave. They're gone. Something, they, they die. They, they go away. What? And, and, and you would think that those are in the rural areas where nobody lives, but they're not. The last time we could really drill down and look at the numbers a few years ago, 
uh, 77% of the churches that closed among our tribe of Southern Baptist were in communities of over 100,000 people. And wow. check this out. This will blow you away. 90% were in communities over 10,000 people. So the oh, 911 wow. churches that closed that year, only about 90 of them were in open country and small towns. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because you can have a church in an open country of 12 people, and it can go on indefinitely because it has social yeah. validation. But if you have a church of 12 people in a city of 100,000 people, there is no social validation, and that church right. is going to close. So we're closing churches, as Johnny Hunt says, and I, I quote him all the time. We close churches where we need churches, and mm -hmm. that's just not smart. So rather than seeing dying churches as something to run away from, we're trying to change the narrative that says dying churches are something to run toward. They're an opportunity to display God's power, God's glory. They're an opportunity to reclaim something for the glory of God. And the whole neighborhood, the whole community sees something come back that was once, uh, you know, going down. And, uh, and, and the people, the remaining members, it, it's for their, God, for their glory. I mean, for their, their sanctification and their edification as well and then obviously to reach people for christ and and to glorify god in the neighborhood so uh yeah that's my escalator elevator explanation <laughs> okay well i now feel safe because we're in the rural uh yeah, yeah that's right, right. we're yeah, good you, you're, 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 you are very rural man and, uh, seriously, uh, <laughs> i just became the interim director of missions of a rural association here in in missouri i live in kansas but about an hour from me 18 churches uh, all in small towns and rural. And we've closed a couple. They've closed a couple of them. Um, but, you know, the, the town they closed one in uh, had 400 and some residents. But 25% uh, of the residents were under the age of 17. And the town has the double wow. the poverty rate of the rest of the county. That's another story mm. for another day. Mm. But we shouldn't be closing churches in those right. kinds of neighborhoods. Mm. Okay? We just shouldn't. So, so I, I know one of, the, one of the things you're going to hear often, particularly among young pastors, is wouldn't it be easier to just go start something fresh? Wouldn't it be yes. easier to, to start something new? Yes. So, it's a little bit like, you know, Christmas lights are so cheap now that every Christmas when my wife tells me to take the lights down, uh, I take them down and she says, have you put them away? And I say, yes. And basically I put them in a big ball and throw them in a bag. And then <laughs> next year when it's time to put the lights out, she says, you know, put the lights out. And I said, yes. And I take that big ball and I drop it off at Goodwill and I go to Dollar General <laughs> and I buy, I buy a new pack. Right. And, and right. she doesn't, she doesn't even really know that uh, because it's easier <laughs> no, to does. just buy new lights than untangle the old ones. It right. would take me days to, same thing for, for, for replanting. Yes. You could go across the street and start something new, but it's about God's glory in that place. Mm. It's about what's it say to the community when we let that church die? What's it say about the glory of God in that place? What's it say about the remaining members who cares for them and in that place? And so yeah. we don't always, you know, we, as, 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 uh, 21st century Western Christians, we love the path of least resistance. Let's, hmm. let's do the easiest. What's the quickest, easiest way to do this? You read the New Testament. Uh, usually that's not the way we're supposed to do it. Yeah, and so right. uh, maybe we need to choose adversity, choose difficulty. Uh, and, and, and so I, I think that's, that's the thing. Now, again, you do both. You plant and you, you replant. And when we right. were at Warnell, and the, the book tells you this, you know, we we not only plant replanted the church there in Kansas City, but we used it as a base to plant churches and, mm -hmm. and launch them out. So it's, it's both in. Okay. So as, as maybe a, a pastor who's listening to this or, or a church member, um, if they're wondering, like, what are some of the marks that, that their church is not, not just struggling, not just plateauing, but maybe in danger of dying in the next three yeah. to five years? What, what are some of those warning signs, those, those signs okay. that death is imminent if nothing changes? Yeah, and I'll give you those. But first, let me define replant. Okay. That's 
exactly. It's subjective. I get that. I mean, we, you know, one of the cool things is when you sort of define it, when you come up with a term, you can define it however you want. So uh, <laughs> I, basically, we say we say a church is a replant candidate as opposed to revitalization is it is if in three to five years, if everything continues the same, they'll be closed. Okay. So if, if you've got a really short runway, if there's a wall coming and you don't have time to make small changes, it's much more drastic Then that's a replant. Okay. So that's what we talk about. And at any given time in Southern Baptist life, we can back this up with numbers. Approximately 4,000 Southern Baptist churches are going to be closed within the next three to five years. So at any given time, maybe 10% of our churches are replant candidates. Man. All right. So here's, here's some of the things we did. We looked at churches that died. And we went back and we did a lot of, of examination of them. I know I know Rayner wrote a book called Autopsy of a Dying Church. I hope it does pretty good. I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's uh, – um, if you buy that many give away, it's probably going to have a lot of – Yeah, that's right. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, uh, it's a great book. I mean, it really is. But we, we didn't write a book called Autopsy, but we, we did actually look at a number of churches that died. And here are some things. If your church has these as, as part of its DNA – uh, it's like going to the doctor and he does your blood work and he, you go, man, I feel okay. And everything's all right. And he goes, yeah, but if you don't change something, you're going to die from this. Right. So really one of the first ones is, is, is the fact that, um, basically if, if, and, and Rainer actually said this the other day on his podcast, I think, or on our podcast, when, when nostalgia becomes the primary passion of the church, uh, that's a sign of, of death. And, and one way mm -hmm. you can know that is if they were going to move a piece of furniture. And the first thing somebody says, is, well, you know, the story behind that, <laughs> or we're going to cover up a window. Hey, wait, you know, the story behind that. Yeah. Uh, that never happens in a church plant. Okay. And mm -hmm. so when nostalgia begins to be the, one of the primary passions of people, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Uh, secondly, an over-reliance on programs and which is not really the fault of the church because as Southern Baptist, that's we we taught them to do that that there was a program for every problem they had and mm -hmm. so what they've done is they've begun to rely on programs and i'll give you a really quick example i go to a dying church and i talk to them about what they need and generally they say we need youth we don't have any youth and so you say well what do you mean how, how would you get youth and immediately they say well we need a youth program well, mm -hmm. what would that look yeah. like well we need to get somebody to come here and lead the youth they don't need a youth program a dying church of 18 elderly adults does not need a youth program <laughs> They need the 18 elderly adults to fall in love and care for and pray for the youth who live in their own neighborhoods. Mm, yeah. That's the difference between relying on a program. And, and so churches that – because if, if I rely on a program, I don't have to change my attitude. I don't have to change my behavior. And if it doesn't work, I can blame the program. Uh, yeah. So th those are two things. There, there are many others um, that are listed uh, in the book, by the way. But, right. <laughs> but you know, just a, those, those kinds of things. I, I, I see another really good move. This is really good. They anesthetize the pain of death with an overabundance of activity and maintaining with great passion outdated governance and procedures. In other words, they just keep doing more of what they're doing, even though they're not getting any results. If your church just if it if it will not quit doing anything, if you have Sunday night service, even though only four people show up, but you're not going to quit doing it. Um, and if you have all the committees you can possibly have and you have all the business meetings you can have and your church is dying, that is a sign really that you're really anesthetizing that pain of death by just trying to keep busy. It's a little bit like playing on the deck of the Titanic. You know, as long as we're still playing the music, I guess we really can't be going down. Yeah, yeah. And and you keep mentioning the book. We have it here. We are actually going to give away a copy at the uh, on on the Facebook page. We'll, we'll put all that information on the on the page and Twitter and all that on how to how to win the copy of the the book that we're giving away. So okay, so so say that there's a, a pastor or a or a church member who's listening, and they say, "Man, we we might fit that bill. We we just might be 
uh, on the verge of death in the next three to five years, if, if nothing changes, what do they do? Where do they go from there? Well, first of all, you need to realize that Jesus has a plan for every church. Okay? Mm -hmm. He had a plan for every church in the book of Revelation. Jesus has a plan for every church, number yeah. one. Number two, you and I don't know what that is. And so <laughs> the issue isn't try to figure it out and guess it. And also, we always, and this is from Richard Blackaby. I want to give him credit for this. He always says, God is under no obligation to resource your plans for his church. Mm, yeah. But he'll spare no resource of heaven for his plan for his church. Mm. So the first thing you do, pastor or, or church member, is you just stop for a minute. And you go, no, it's not about what I want for the church. It's not about what we've been doing in the past. It's not about how we think we can grow. What does Jesus want us to do with this church? What's he want us to do? And, and what's his plan for this church? And one of the ways you can tell what that is, just buckle up, this gets a little, a little hard right here, is you look at the people who live in your neighborhood. They aren't there by accident. They aren't there because of economic changes. They aren't there because of immigration policies. They aren't there because school district changes. They're there because sovereign God brought them to your door. So yeah. if they're in your neighborhood, then that tells you what Jesus wants to do with this church. He wants this church to look like that neighborhood or God wouldn't have brought those people there. So it really begins with saying, not what do I want for the church or, or, or what I think we should do or what's happening over this other place, but to just take some time and to pray and to seek the Lord and say, Jesus, what is it you want to do here? And, and obviously you want these people who live in this neighborhood, you want them as part of this church. So now, how do we make that happen? How, how do we adjust our thinking, our priorities, our finances, our programming? How do we adjust everything so that we can reach the people that you have brought here? I don't think very many churches actually acknowledge that God's the one who changed their neighborhood. Right. Many churches, and one of, the, one, of the, one of the realities of a dying church is they resent the community for not responding as it once did. Mm, and you yeah. know, they, they, yeah. it used to be easier, and now it's harder. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that's that's where you start. Um, and actually, if you want a resource, um, uh, Richard and Henry Blackaby have written a really good little book called Flickering Lamps. And uh, you can get it on their website. And it even comes with a DVD series where they both do some teaching on oh, it. But cool. it's a great, great thing for churches to stop and realize this is not this. This church belongs to Jesus. He does have a plan for it. Now, it may not be to be a huge church. In fact, you ready for this? It may be his plan for you to give this church to a contextual church plant that already meets mm -hmm. in that neighborhood. Yeah. 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 And there may be a church plant meeting in a school down the street and they need a building. It's probably Jesus plan. It could very well be his plan for you to give them the building. Yeah. 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 Okay? So that's what we're talking about. Awesome. Um, Mark, man, thank you so much. We, we've, we've enjoyed our time today. Uh, Mark's book, as we've mentioned, is Reclaiming Glory, or you can visit churchreplanters.com for some great resources. There's a, there's a resource that you guys have on there. We don't have a lot of time to talk about it that Matt and I both take part in called a Replant Roundtable, which is just a, a group of pastors in revitalization settings, yep. kind of coaching and, and encouraging one another. And so I know that's been a great resource for me personally. Yeah. Um, is churchreplanners.com. And we'll put some links to that in, in the show notes as well. Um, and my, my greatest regret is that we have kind of set this whole thing up 
uh, on the one hand as a dumpster fire and as a train wreck, but promising folks that it will be a train wreck or a dumpster fire that will not last more than 20 or so minutes. And so <laughs> we, we are out of time. Uh, brother, we're, we're grateful for oh, you. Man, we wish cool. we could so stay grateful. on uh, and, and just kind of keep soaking from the uh, fire hose. Uh, Kyle has shared how you can uh, stay in touch with uh, Brother Mark. We've shared about the uh, podcast to check out. Uh, we'll put some of that in the show notes, but we thank you all for joining us today. We know that there are a gazillion other things that you could be doing right now or even listening to, but you took the time to listen to this, and I hope that you were encouraged by it. One, to, to look for some of those uh, areas in your church that, that need that uh, addressing and yep. and uh, that focus, and, and certainly to realize that there is a plan for that church. It might not be your plan. Uh, but uh, to be faithful and to reach that out. So I hope you were encouraged. I know I was. I know Kyle was. Uh, Mark, you've probably shared this a thousand times, but I'm sure you are still (laughs) encouraged by this. And and we're grateful for the work you continue to do uh, in in our uh, convention and and really across this this country. Uh, But thank you for listening. If you haven't subscribed on iTunes or whatever podcast feed you use and visit us at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com or on Facebook under our name or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast. But until next time, I'm, I'm going to put Kyle on the spot. <laughs> May your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you proclaim. Declare. Declare. Oh, come on. Declare, proclaim. It's whatever. written right in front. Come on. <laughs> thank, thank you, Mark. Everybody <laughs> yeah, have a yeah, great day. God, God bless. bless you guys. Thank you, guys. Take care.